Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. You are listening to a podcast by Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. If you enjoy Faith Over Breakfast, we encourage you to rate it on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, or Google Play. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. My name is Eric Seepin, and I'm a pastor at the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. Andy Littleton is—I uh, don't know where he's at, but he's not here somewhere. So he, so I've got Mark Crawford, who's also a pastor at the Village Church, and we uh, just start talking and hanging out. And I thought, hey, let's do a Faith Over Breakfast podcast because I wanted to keep content coming. And I don't want to be off for two weeks, so. We had a grand old time. We had a really good time. We talked about intellectual property. We talked about the Battle Ready podcast from Aaron McManus and Erwin McManus and one of their podcasts called Steal an Idea, which uh, is a really interesting conversation. And I would suggest I'll put a link to their podcast, too, so you can kind of listen to the two together yep. um, and sort of just think things through and and you're like, oh, wow, Eric and Mark, they steal a lot of stuff. That's what you'll learn in this podcast. It's going to be great. But a couple of quick things that we've got that you need. Uh, if you got a question, and I know a couple of you already sent us some questions that we'll deal with when Andy gets back. Um, but if you got a question, uh, we will answer it on air and send you a book from our bookshelf. Um, we've sent a number of books out. So we're getting questions from you. Bookshelf's getting smaller. Uh, but also, if you support... Uh, the Faith Over Breakfast podcast by um, clicking the donate uh, tab next to the podcast. You can send us money and say, hey, this is for Faith Over Breakfast. And we'll, if you're in the city, we'll let you be a guest host. Otherwise, we'll just send you a book. But uh, Do I get a book? No. Oh, man. Because <laughs> you can pull any book <laughs> off the bookshelf when you want to read it. So. <laughs> Do the podcast. Yes. All right. So anyway, do the podcast. It's uh, faithoverbreakfast at gmail.com. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Eric. Hey, Mark. Hello. How you doing? So good. Welcome to Faith Over Breakfast. Andy's gone, and I didn't even say, hey, Andy, I'm going to just use Mark. But Mark's around, and I like to do Faith Over Breakfast podcast. And you're a pastor. I am a pastor. So, and well, I have coffee. And you have coffee, and I have a drink, and we're. Can but, I can I tell you something? It's been a while since I've been on Faith Over Breakfast. It's been a long time. I really miss, and this goes back several years, but I really miss the sound of. <laughs> <laughs> you guys eating many like listeners your, your do sandwiches. Not miss that. <laughs> They do not miss. It just helped me know that I was in the experience the faith of faith over, over breakfast. Yes, this is true. <laughs> All right. So we don't know how long this podcast is going to go. It may just go for a few minutes, but I want to talk about intellectual property. All right. Okay. So I'm going to. Great. So recently I was listening to a podcast called Battle Ready. Okay. This Battle is, Ready? This is a um, oh boy. podcast by Aaron McManus. And um, Irwin McManus. Irwin. Irwin McManus. Irwin McManus. Uh, a writer you like. Uh, he's more known for being a speaker and a author and a pastor of the church Mosaic. Right. And Aaron is his son. And I think his son does a lot of 
uh, social media. And sure. They have a design company. and I mean, they, they, these are creative people. Sure. So they have a podcast that they just did, and I want to make sure I get the title of this podcast. Well, they didn't. The specific episode this title. This episode. Is what you, yeah, the yeah, yeah, the podcast me. is called Battle Ready. Battle Ready. And, and you, you want to know what the specific yeah, let me podcast give you title the is. title of the podcast. Steal this idea. Steal this idea. Okay, so here's here's the thing. They're talking about how pastors steal intellectual property a lot and <laughs> and own it for themselves. So uh, first, let me just tell you kind of their story, and then I think the village has a little bit of a different take and uh, process right. stuff. Uh, I want to process like how. How we deal with the things that God has given us. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because I think it's important. Yeah. So um, when you become an international speaker, apparently what you run into is that people have stolen your ideas. A, pro- a problem both of us know a ton about. Yes. And so <laughs> they preach your sermons at a conference of which you then are going to to preach the same sermon. Oh. Right. Okay. Intrigue. Or... You have a pastor of a church that's even larger than yours preach your sermon and mm. then be accused by one of their congregants of stealing it from them. I assume these are these are things Ir- that have actually happened. These are things that Irwin has experienced. Okay. So they've got some some things going on here. All right. Now they he even had somebody he talks on the podcast who is a South American pastor who copied his whole sermon series on the book we read of his, the arrow or something like that on right. creativity. Right, right, right. Um, and used his stories as if they were this pastor's stories oh. about getting cancer and everything. These right. are my stories. I'm telling them as my stories. <laughs> right. Oh boy. Ooh. <laughs> okay. So this is a stealing that neither of us would say is right or good. Yeah. Not great. Right. Not great. And, Probably you don't, if, you know, if I preached a sermon and some guy picked it up on the internet and stole it, I would never know. Right? Sure. Because I'm not, I'm not going to his church. Sure. I'm not going to conferences. Unless uh, it was Erwin McManus. Unless it was Erwin McManus <laughs> who stole my sermon. <laughs> I'd be like, wait a minute. Hey, hold on. <laughs> hey, that's Erwin's. <laughs> but in particular, well, I would argue when it comes to material and also when it comes uh, to music, the village kind of looks at these things differently. Right? So mm-hmm. we started out with a, a really promoting this idea at the very beginning of this new way of copywriting your stuff, and it was called open source. And sure. People probably remember the old day of open source programming. That's where you get, uh, oh, what's the name of that um, computer? Man, program. I don't know anything about computers. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> It'll come to me, and then I will say it. Python? No, no, not Python. <laughs> I don't no, know. It's it's a it's a yeah. I'll remember it. Anyway, I feel stupid. Linux, Linux. There you oh go. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So, but the, the, it, it went bit. to books and music. You could you could open sure. source this, and open sourcing had only one requirement: that you acknowledge the original person. Right. But you could sell it. You could change it. You could do whatever you wanted to it. Right? As long as you acknowledge the original right. author. Right. So that's that's key sure. um, in that particular thing. So we started doing that with our music. And uh, so I just want you to, to talk a little bit about what you think as a musician who's written tons of music, um, as a pastor who's now put out a number of sermons, number of sermons. Um, out of a community that has place, has unique things. 
that you've contributed to. Like, how do you, what do you feel? Well, let me make one more argument because this is Erwin's argument for, for really guarding your content. And that is that he doesn't build houses. He doesn't, you know, pave roads. He does what he does is creates ideas right. and thoughts. And, and so that's his, his, you know, thing. And so he, unless he's selling it to you for you to use, it's his, not yours. Right. right. I, I agree with him to some extent. But I would love to hear your thoughts on that when it comes to intellectual property in the context of the church right. and the community. So this is like a really big problem worldwide. Yes. Something that people are thinking through a ton. Yeah. And I pe- mean, you see it everywhere from music to uh, like movies that come out in the same year that are the same, basically the same idea. You see that happen a lot where you get these people going between companies and grabbing the same ideas. You get it in, you know, one, one place where I've seen this a lot is in like, um, like YouTube, TikTok, Right. Videos where like someone will do something and then you see someone else do the same thing and it becomes way more popular. Right. Um, and they're just they're making the exact same joke. Right. They just are more popular or they did it a little bit better or whatever. It just right. grabbed so they the right eyes. The idea, right. right. Or it just like happened at the right moment and someone the right person saw the second video yeah. and it, it blew up. Right. So you see this a lot. And so when I was when I first started writing music, um I wrote a song and I don't even remember how it goes now. It's on my I think it's on my SoundCloud. Um, but I wrote this song, and my sister's friend, who was in mariachi with her, um, invited us. They invited us to go help lead worship at their church okay. for something Okay, one Sunday. And they had come over to my house. It was her and her dad had come over to our house for a party, and we had played music together. And he said, oh, I really like that song that you played. Right. Um, can we play it? when you guys come to lead worship at our, at our church. Yeah. And I said, okay, sure. Yeah. And so we played it and I taught it to him and I found out about two years later, um, that he just kept playing it. Right. Like he kept like, that was like my first experience of someone playing my, something I had written. Yeah. Just like off, Doing that, and I don't. I actually have no idea if that's happening right now. I, I mean, I know your parents really like Liberation Hymn. Yeah, so that which gets is a song that sung. I, I, it gets there. sung. Yeah, yeah, when I'm not there. Yeah, which is just a really kind of a weird experience and we, for me. We gave what Zephaniah three, thirteen to the one church in Minnesota, or he we gave him Zephaniah three seventeen seventeen. Yeah, so we gave that to them. Yes, I yeah. don't know if they're singing it, but. Uh, the, the the pastor wanted it so yeah so my music i it it's always uh it's a battle for me right okay because i really like it yeah and i think what i made was really good sure but i also it the reason i write now is for my community right so when i write music it comes out of my experience with God, my relationship with God, my relationship and community, and it goes out and I give it to my community. I say, here you go. This is something I wrote. That often, most yeah. often. Occasionally I write things and it doesn't really fit sure. in that context, but I'm still trying to, I'm constantly trying to give up my music and say, this is right. something that I 
that came out of my relationship with God, not something that I'm just kind of writing on my own. Right. Um, and everything I write is church music. Right. So someone playing it at a different church, I it'd be nice if they told me. Sure. But I I don't really. I mean, I care in the sense of like, wow, that's cool. They're playing this song that yeah. came out came out of my relationship with God. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And that's kind of where I've settled. Um, coming from a place where it was really weird, and I kind of felt like, wait, should I have like copyrighted that or whatever? Right. It, especially at a point where I actually had someone. Um, who was mildly famous in a country music band in the eighties. Right. Um, like regionally famous who was telling me at the time, you need to copyright everything you make and I'm right. going to tell you how to do it. Right. Um, and that was all, that was like the year or two years before I started right. coming to the village. Um, yeah. All right. So, so let me ask you a couple questions about this and, and give you some examples. So, um, for one, people can go back on the village website and go way back to the original sermon section, and you can listen to a sermon on um, John chapter two, I believe, uh, the part where Jesus kicks the uh, money changers out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I verbatim, if you go listen to this, like I memorized a sermon, an Art Driscoll sermon, and I did it on purpose. <laughs> because I wanted to practice his particular delivery. We were preaching on that section. Yeah. I, I didn't steal his stories. Yeah. Right? I told my own stories. But I wanted to learn the structure. Now, I didn't tell anybody that I had done that. This was early on before the internet, right? So there's not a lot of people. Sure. You no know, one's listening. No one's going and listening and to the, sure. the old feed. Now, somebody the... needs to understand something. I, I a... Um, there, I, there's a book that Sue has. It's called Steal Like an Artist. Um, and so, and you also have to understand there's a tradition within the church where you would take other people's sermons and read them, right? That's that's what you would do. You just take this sermon and then you would read it at your country church. Yeah. None of the elders would. Um, so that's that's part of it. For me, I, I didn't think, oh, I need to say this is from Mark Driscoll. It was just like, I'm going to preach this sermon. I'm going to practice. I'm going to learn. Sure. That's how I'm going to learn to do this a little bit better. And I was trying to prove. So there's there's an example there. Um, but like when people come to the village and they're asking, you know, like, hey, what's it about? Why, you know, why do you do all this stuff? I said, well, do you know about Mars Hill? And they say, oh, yeah, I've heard of that church. Well, the village looks like and is modeled after the early days of Mars Hill. So. I give credit to that yeah. influence in our community and what it looks like. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that was just how you do things um, and what things might look like when it comes to community. But when it comes to, so just all that to say, some of my dreams when it comes to intellectual property is it would be really sad to me if like one of my songs got picked up, like say by Hillsong and they made millions and they millions just, of dollars yeah. on it. And said, hey, this is our song. And I would probably call them and say, hey, that's not your that's song. That's not your song. But can we work out some deal? And if they said no, and I'd be like, okay. Because yeah. it's not my song either, actually. It's God's yeah. song. Yeah. And so if they want to use God's song in a way that's probably not completely honest, that's fine. To make money off of it, yeah. But if somebody... So if somebody preached one of your sermons and you found out about that, and 
they didn't use your stories because I think when you Change, steal, stealing the stories is yeah, pretty yeah. weird. But did they just use your outline? They told Using your outline, and yeah. then used your stories and and preached it. And they didn't say I found this sermon by Mark, you know, Crawford, and I, yeah. you know, they just gave it. They just did it, yeah. and then you found out about it. How would you feel about that? I think it'd be weird. Okay, I, I'd feel weird about it, but I think I actually think we do this all the time. Yeah, just because as pastors we listen to a lot of stuff. And read a lot of and stuff. And read a lot of stuff. And, like, we're constantly taking in kind of, oh, yeah, oh, that's interesting. Like, at least the, us as pastors. Yes. I mean, I don't know about other pastors, other pastors necessarily. but Well, they read commentaries all the time. Well, like, so I gave a sermon on on joy. And I went back and took a definition of joy that Rod gave, right. like, 15 years ago. Right. And then when I was going to preach on joy again, I forgot that I had pulled that that quote mm-hmm. from a sermon by Rod. Yeah. And the next time I was going to preach, I was going to say like, "Oh yeah, I remember like I was preaching and I came up with this great definition of joy." And then I was like, "Well, I should go back and listen to that sermon again because I don't remember the context a lot." And so I went back and listened, to it, and then in that sermon, I was like, "I listened to this sermon by Rod 15 right. years ago," right. and I was like, "Oh, it's not my idea, <laughs> right?" Because right. it's so easy to forget right. when you take in a lot, and it's hard to remember sometimes where stuff comes from. Right. Um, well, here's here's like, but a- taking like an entire sermon like that takes some intention, yep. right? That doesn't take some. That intention. takes intention to go and to listen to the sermon and get the entire outline, and then even changing the stories. But right. like, yeah, it takes some time. More, more, more so than like, oh, I really like that that sermon topic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach on that. Right. And oh yeah, I liked a couple of these ideas. So I'm gonna take some of these ideas right. and build yeah. it out myself. Feels different from like the intention of I'm gonna take the entire yeah, outline, yeah. and and rework it. Yeah. Well, here's here's a funny a funny story about how all this works. So. You know, a lot of people know my um, Holy Spirit hug, right? And people who hear the Holy Spirit hug would think, oh, that's Eric's. But if you go back and listen to me, I talk about how Frank Lloyd-Jones, the pastor, invented this idea. And then um, Matt Chandler took it and he told it. And then I'm taking what Matt and and Lloyd-Jones did and I'm doing my thing with it. And then I took another pastor's joke about how pastors steal things. <laughs> and I told his joke because it's essential to understanding how we do this, right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't say, oh, and I'm also taking this guy's joke to help you understand. <laughs> because honestly, if I did that, we'd sit here and I'd say, okay, so we're looking at this Greek word. Now, now I just need to stop here. And I got this idea from N.T. Right? Yeah. I got this idea from this guy. I, I got this from this yeah. commentary and this. And, this, and they're all their ideas. None yeah. of them are mine. Yeah. And I've just coalesced them because it's, I don't. I have twenty five minutes to get an idea yeah. across. Thirty minutes. I'm not going to do that. Um, but if I sit down with you after your sermon and say, "Hey, this I really like this piece," part of the conversation is, "Oh yeah, I was reading N.T. Wright." Yeah, and N.T. Wright he was talking about this, this and yeah, this yeah, and yeah, this. Yeah, or I was, you know, I was looking at Barclay's commentary and he breaks it down here. Or I was, you know, that's. So the thing that comes to mind. Let me tell you. This this is what comes to mind, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, sure. because this is something. This is my understanding, but I again I don't remember where I got this. All right. My understanding of they were surprised at Jesus because he spoke with authority. authority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that he didn't quote all the rabbinical texts? Yes. He just went straight to the prophets 
and said, this is what the prophets meant. Yes. Um, that's, that's So that's, I mean. And of course, we need to pause there and say that we didn't figure that out. We right. Were told we that were told that by, by some, commentaries yeah. and other teachings yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. So it, I think it's, it's we're, we're all going to do this. Yes. Right. And I think some of it is how, what's the like level as a, as a preacher at what point do I say, Hey, I took this sermon from someone else. Yeah. Be like, I, cause I can take ideas from particular sermons right. and craft my own sermon and yeah. say, this is, this is what's good for my community today. Sure. But if I'm going to take you know, at what level, what, how much of an outline needs to come directly from someone else's sermon before I say, Hey, a lot of this I got from this one sermon and you should go listen to that right, sermon right. too. Um, Which is different with music, yeah. That we that we create as yeah. churches. Oh, and I also think um, certainly the sermon is a creative endeavor, and you do need to bring your own creativity to it. But you know, a lot of times, if I'm I'm really relying heavily, maybe say just on a single author to bring forward what I'm talking about, or if it's a there's a, a series of sermons that are going to influence me, then have influence. I'll say I'm leaning heavily on. So people yeah. and so people yeah. can know we can ask him and he can kind of point us in the direction. Now I think here's an intellectual property ripoff that we did recently that we didn't give credit to, but I kept meaning to do, <laughs> and I fixed recently. Oh. But it's <laughs> our recent series on grief and gratitude. Oh yes, yeah, as a church yeah. that That's comes true. from a series of podcasts by Dan Allender and loosely, the, uh, loosely. But if you go and listen to each sermon, you realize that we're not wa- resting too heavily on what's actually said yeah. in the. We used them as a little bit of a guide. We loved their titles. We loved their titles, and, create, and we listened to them. Yeah, and it was helpful. And a lot of what they talked about informed some of what, what we, we were talked saying. About, yes. What we were saying. And if you listen to the podcast, and then you listen to our sermon series, you can hear the influence, and you can hear it weaved in and out. But it's not the it's content. Not the same. So, yeah. you know, but we didn't say at the beginning, "Hey, like this is we're resting heavily on this." Yeah. Um, and I don't think we needed to. I did put into our um, sermon notes a link to the podcast and say, hey, this is based on the series. Um, right. Which I just kept meaning to do and forgot. But <laughs> some of it is, the, this is the other thing. The idea that I've been wrestling with, because honestly, if someone came and they looked at the village and they said, oh, this is great. I love this. And they, they picked our brains. But then we never heard from them again. And we five years later, I go, you know, somewhere in, in Oklahoma. And I say, oh, this this church called the Village. We should go to it. And we go to Oklahoma, and there's and we go to this church's village, and we walk in. And it's got couches, and they're singing Trinity, and they're singing. And they're singing our music. They're, they're singing our music, yeah. and they're talking about pilgrim groups, and they're like so excited, and and it looks like it's growing and vibrant. And they never say, hey, like there's a church named the Village, sure. and, and we just have pretty much. I would be excited. I wouldn't be yeah. like, hey, like you guys, shame on you. Oh, this is so cool. This is the greatest thing. <laughs> why Why did you tell us that we could actually work together? This is really fun. Yeah. Um, or if I went to a church and I heard one of the you know songs that I've written and I didn't know and I heard this other band playing it, yeah. I would be honored because I don't really want to make money off my music. Oh, man, I would be so excited if I walked into a church and they were playing one of my songs. Right. I, it, would, it would kind of blow my mind. I'd be like, God, this is great. This is so much fun. I get to sing my song with all of these people and listen to someone else. I think that's actually part of what's really helped me with all this is actually having 
your wife sing my songs. Yeah. Especially songs, and there's one in particular, but there's songs that Sue sings, the songs that I wrote that Sue sings like far and away better than me. Right. Um, and that has really helped me to go, oh, right. Like, this is better in your hands. Right. And this is good. So two things then <laughs> I think about this whole intellectual property. Number one, your story is your story. Yep. And no one should steal that. Yeah, don't don't steal someone else's Number story. Number two, there is a different like as pastors, let's just say there are different versions of pastors. Some of us are conference speakers who are really developing ideas and are visionaries. Sure. And are trying to help the world see things differently. Sure. If you're at that level, I think you should be able to have your ideas and other people shouldn't be stealing them. Right? They they shouldn't be taking your ideas and books and rewriting them into other books and they need to honor you. Yeah. But in our level, in what I would call the folk pastors. Folk pastors. That's good. I, right? I'll be a folk pastor. We're folk pastors. Yeah. I mean, and that is if you look at the as classical and baroque music developed, you also see that there is a stream of folk music and folk music influenced the baroque and then the classical movement, but it was its own thing and it was much more flattened out. And it was much more narrative telling and had singing yep. built into it. Um, and it was low art. And I think there's a bunch of us low art pastors who really, and artists and community members that we just, we want our stuff. To, we take it all, take love it. on it, own it. We'd love you to acknowledge that we're here, but we're part of the folk story of Christianity. There are some people who aren't the yeah. folk story and us down here should not grab Irwin's stuff or any other guy and bring it all down and say, oh, this is ours. Yeah. Um, but we should be well, able to be influenced and honor those things. Um, but we do live in a plagiarism society. Yes. And a do. laziness. Yeah. And so I think there's this tension. Yeah. Where we're like, oh, like. I, I don't steal from other people. I mean, artists steal from each other all the time. Yeah. I don't steal other people's stuff in order to not be creative. I steal it in order to build my own creative thing yeah. and out of it. And at times I need to acknowledge it. And at other times I just, it's just part of the, the flow. And yeah, but well, and some of the, with, with preaching it, I mean, I feel like it's one thing. I think musicians have a harder time with this. Sure. Because there is some sense in which theoretically, I could write a few songs separate from the village. Yeah. Record an album and somehow, you know, it catches on somewhere and I could make some money off of it. Right. And and if you copyright it, then it's yours. And it's and, mine. And if someone steals it, then there are legal ramifications for it. Right. And that's I think that's good. Like I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, even for Christian artists. But I think our churches especially in, in its like songwriting sure. need to be creating a space where that's not the focus. Yeah. No, the I focus agree. is not like, Oh, me as a songwriter, I'm going to write music and right. make money off of this. Right. But rather, I think we need a lot more of like the, um, like the bards, mm -hmm. the people telling the story of the yeah. community and allowing that to be just, here you go. Yeah. I wrote this song. Take it. Yeah. And that have that be okay, um, because we've built up this culture of like Hillsong, right? And Hillsong's just kind of the the 
umbrella for picture all. for right. all. I'm not sure. saying it's just Hillsong, but there's Hillsong and and others where there's this idea of like here's the here's the professional songwriters. Right. Here are the people we should be singing. Like they wrote the good songs, and we should sing those songs. Right. Um, and I don't think that's true. Right. And I think our churches need to hold the music that they're writing kind of with open hands yeah, and they should be writing music. So I think like, so creativity is a big deal at the village. Um, and I was listening again. I just kind of jumped back onto the, <laughs> the battle ready podcast and there's a reason for it. It's some things that God told me that I need to kind of process through. Uh, if you want to know about that, you can talk to me afterwards, but they do an interview of the mosaic worship team they put out their second album or whatever so they're talking about the process and what i realized is i listened to them talk through the process of like a lot of creative people who may not be superb musicians or superb artists or who do could do some collaborative things don't get this experience don't get to offer the beautiful gifts that god's given them because they're not maybe at the the master level right sure and but when you hear them talking about their creative process it grew them like it created relationships. They talk about the tension it created, all that kind of stuff. If you're not, that's a, the beauty of creativity, especially collaborative creativity as it forces you into interpersonal conflict yeah. and resolution. And that's what makes art beautiful. Yeah. And especially like music and even like Sir, Sue and I, who, when we preach, we get a different kind of sermon together because it's a creative process that builds tension and, angst and then bring something beautiful out of it yeah um so i I think the church should be fostering this in a broader sense this is why i'm pro small church not because i think big churches are bad i just think one of the good things about a small church that's healthy is it activates creative people who wouldn't necessarily have an opportunity to be activated well and the hope in a small church is you're creating more community yeah yeah and creating space for more people to be directly involved sometimes when you get into the big church even if you're creating the programs it's hard to have access to sort of the the front almost or like it's hard to have that same kind of like I feel like more people well, in a small church can have access. We have, so like, we're what? We're a church of, um, so we're a church of about 130 soaking wet, I like to say. Sometimes maybe more than that, but um, the yeah. children and everything, that's who we are. There are members, in particular, a couple members in our church who could be or are paid to play certain instruments in larger churches. Yes. And my thought is okay, here's a tr- this little church. That you're recruiting people from, which is fine. But I'm like, you have a church of 2,000 people. There's not people who can do that in your community? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, I know in talking to people that there are a lot of people who play instruments. Yeah. And just need an opportunity well, and even, a reason to even, get better. Even at the village, we have a lot of people who have who play instruments yeah. who are very reticent to, <laughs> to playing them. In, right, in, right, right, right. In, uh, like in, on Sunday or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, I think it's a part of the discipleship process. Anyway, the intellectual property thing is interesting to me because I don't think Peter, it was going, yeah, man, I'm really upset that Paul like took a chunk of my letter <laughs> and he just wrote it into his letter. And then, you know, like they're not, they, their priority is the gospel. Yeah. And it's hard to be in a capitalist culture because people have to make livings. Yeah. Um, but when it infiltrates the church, 
it's very dangerous, I think, capitalism. Yes. Um, and ownership. So here's an interesting thing. Unless you put it in your contract, and since you don't have a contract at the village. I don't. Uh, no. Uh, I mean, neither of us have a written yeah, contract. Yeah. Um, we should. <laughs> but that means that every sermon you <laughs> preach, because you're paid to preach a sermon, yeah. is not yours. Yep. Is owned by the church. And in fact, because you're paid to write music, the music is that you write here, the music I write, the music Susan writes, anyone, yep. any one of the volunteers who volunteer and then write, they don't own the music, even yep. if their name is on it. Yep. The people who it is, it is Creative Commons is our new is, is what we use to copyright things. Yeah. Um, but it's copyrighted by the village as a creative. And so you are collaborating with the village to do these things. And so they own these things. Which is not to say that the village is then going to turn around and oh. like hold on to it. And no, say, no, oh, we'd, no. we'd release it to whoever wants it. Right. And to you. If, if you I wanted. wanted to go take some of my songs away somewhere else and record them. And make money off of them. Make money off of them. The village would release them. Now, that would create a lot of relational Problems, problems, well, and tension. As long as you let us play them, then we wouldn't care. Well, there'd be some. We'd probably have some longer conversations sure. about why I want to do that because yeah, yeah. it kind of goes against things. against what what we what we're doing. But we're we're happy to let go of those, and that's largely because we're happy to let go of them now. Yeah. to anyone. Yeah. So I was thinking though, and this is where I kind of just there were little moments during this podcast where I kind of got uncomfortable because I'm like. Okay, so right now the village is, you know, 100, whatever we said it was. But what if, what if it just, you know, what if it turns into 1,000, 2,000 people? Mm -hmm. And so then people are taking, you know, what the village does and they're, they're using it and they're owning it. And they're, and because we haven't really loosey goosey copyright things, they're, they're not really even giving us credit for it. And maybe they're even doing a better job than we do (laughs) and making lots of money off of it. Like, how would I feel? Could I honestly say I wouldn't care? No. Maybe. I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I would don't not think like so. to have prepared I think, a sermon. I think if if Hillsong picked up one of your songs and gave you no credit and recorded it, I'd be sad. And recorded it better, you'd be sad. Yes. And you'd have a hard time with that. But that would be within the context of community. It'd yeah. be within the context of right. relationship with God and with your church. Right. Now, and we might send them a strongly worded letter. We might say, "Hey, so we'd like." Well, and because now we're on Spotify, (laughs) um, well, yeah, all the songs that we've placed on Spotify, because Spotify automatically copyrights them all for us, those are all copyrighted, and so they would get a cease and desist from Spotify. Yes, if they put it up, but that's a whole different story. But we would, and that's not all of our music. No. No, we have a little bit. Of, that's just a small selection of my yeah. music. But yeah, that's how that would work. Um, yeah, interesting. but you would you would be sad. Yeah, especially if they didn't say anything. If they just recorded yeah. it and took it took it as their own. Yeah. No. So and that's the thing. Like, there's we've actually got a couple Marcel songs on our Spotify, but we've given the, all the authors credit, right. and they're live productions of the songs for the most part. So they're not we're not recording them to make money off them right and here's okay here's a weird thing there none of theirs is copyrighted 
So technically, we own the copyright. Yeah, it's not we. It's a really complicated. <laughs> that does, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, we, we would not hold to that. Oh no, we wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, we just give them. We, and you know we've we we don't make any money. So we don't make any money off yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I do, I do think it is. We we take ideas all the time. Yeah. So how does that work as Christians? I think is a, how does that work. And, you know, I mean, one thing we do often when we're trying to plan out our year, our sermons, is we'll often kind of look like, oh, so we want to go through this book. Let's kind of look at what other people have done to, like, break it down. We'll do stuff like that. Yeah. So that's kind of taking ideas and kind of breaking them down. And um, we often shift those around anyway. Right. I do think there becomes a a problem when when you take the structure of a sermon and you don't say I got it from this place. Right. I was trying Sue and I were talking about this because she just preached a sermon Yeah, and she's like, yeah, well, you know, it was all my own ideas, but it's probably three or four different sermons and books that are put together into one. Yeah. Yeah. But she's like, but I went back and I researched everything and made sure, you know, so it's like if you, if you hear a pastor say, yeah, so the Greek meaning of X word and you think, God, I didn't know that word really meant that. Um, I'll go back and look at it before I'm ever going to say that up front and, and do my own research. But what started me thinking about the meaning of this word was right. this guy's sermon and him telling us what that, right. that meant. And so is that his? I don't know. Especially if he's a new way of thinking about an idea yeah. and you got to kind of backtrack. Um, I think that's, that's, that's a good, beautiful thing. Yeah. But I think I, so we were talking, I said, you know, your sermon was really good and I could easily go preach that anywhere and just tell my own stories. Yeah. Um, and I'd probably say, hey, like, this is a talk my wife gave, and I modified some of it, but I'm just going to tell you what she said because I think it's really good. The key there, though, is telling your own stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is important anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. as a pastor, because if you're telling someone else's story, it's not authentic. Right. It's not genuine. You're not actually telling the story of the gospel. You're, it's not your story to tell. Yeah. Which, you know, if you go to C.S. Lewis, C.S., you know, Aslan all the time. In yeah. the Chronicles of Narnia, it tells people, I'm not telling you their story. Right, I'm right. telling you your story. Well, and, and it's that's like a Jesus thing that's from the Jesus end of John. Yeah, yeah, basically. But, like, that's, like, we're, we're telling your own story in preaching is important, even if you're taking the structure of yeah, someone else. right. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know how <laughs> I can tell ridiculous. someone else. I mean, if I tell, and I have told a few of Rod's stories, but if I do that, I'm telling him about Rod. Yes. For an important point within the yeah. scripture. And I'm like, okay, so Rod has told us this, and I, I'll paraphrase the story and then go through the thing. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think this is a it's a weird space because people are influenced. I'm, it's just, how do you work with all ideas or God's ideas um, and then bring your own creative force to those things? Yeah. So, I don't know. This is It's a fun conversation. It's an interesting thing. Um. And I do always have this, like, one of my dreams is to, like, go on vacation and walk into a church, and there they are singing one of my yeah. songs, and they don't know I'm there. Yeah. You know, and they and no one but the musicians know how they got that song. And I'm like, ah, that's cool. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Because yeah. the kingdom of God is, you're you're taking something that, that I did and... To well, worship Jesus, and you're using and I think it it's, as an aid. It's in that. that it's 
this came out of my relationship with God. It went out into the world and God used it. Right. And he's still using it even though I'm not involved. Right. And that's great. That's really cool. And I think people operate with that idea. Like they think that's how worship music works. They think that, but they don't realize and I, that there are laws and that I get mail regularly from the, the CCLI. Yeah. Both for licensing movies and licensing music. And you have to pay based on the number of people you have in your congregation. Yeah. Well, and this is an entirely different conversation. Yes. But you, I don't remember, when you guys talk about Hillsong, I don't know. I, I don't know where this is coming from again. But there's a there's like an entire conversation that's happening right now right. in the American church in particular about should we sing Hillsong so, Hill songs right. or Bethel songs if they have if there's like a poor theology or if they have yes obvious public sin that's unrepentant yeah. or there's that that whole conversation which yeah. then becomes a whole a different thing different mess of stuff all right which yeah anyway i just yeah that conversation is happening right now and that's really interesting that is a very interesting one yeah. and so what andy is going to say to me the next time he's on you know when he's back to host is oh i'm gone so you talked about worship music because that's what you like to talk about ah, let's talk about worship so, music. yeah yeah so i always bring mark on to talk about that kind of stuff all right so, andy you know it, let's see if you actually listen to this all the way through yeah you can yeah. say you can say hi to me yeah all right <laughs> okay thanks eric you're welcome this is fun You've been listening to Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton. Please share us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you. <laughs>